Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, so you can download uh, all the five live shows throughout the week. So, yeah, but to miss them, you can download that Sports Zone Chicago app today so you can go back and listen to them at your own leisure. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow them on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Don't forget, you can subscribe to our podcast audio version at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine box on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are an unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions to our, to our extravagant guests, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. But we decide to troll and or do something stupid. I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to build that beer boot. Bye-bye. But before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports on Chicago on Roku TV. That's right. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. So celebrate with the squad and give with the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. Sports on Chicago is available on Roku TV 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and 52 weeks out of the year. So live and on demand. So if you already have a Roku TV, just tap onto the sports folder and download Sports on Chicago. If you don't, you have a couple of handheld devices uh, laying around. Just download the Roku TV app and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. Yep, yep. All right, so let's begin, Lakina, with this hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. No, we're not going to talk about the Bears. Uh, uh, not to start the show, we'll do that with our guest, DJ Turbine, a.k.a. Arturo Garza from WVON in Chicago. The, the, their sports are called the Fundamentals. He'll join us at the top of the next hour to discuss the Bears a little bit further. Uh, 
uh, with their game coming up on Monday night against the Patriots. But our guy, Money Earning Mount Vernon Verily checks in. And let me read the comment. Let's see if the Bears will allow Belichick or we call him Belichick on this show to break Hallis's winning record. Shaking my head. Yeah, we'll get into that, Vernon. We'll get into that as the show goes along. But we'll start today's show with. With basketball, Lakina, the Chicago Bulls, the 2022-23 edition, kicked off their season on Wednesday night in South Beach against the Miami Heat. They defeated the Miami Heat by the score of 116-108 on the road. DeMar DeRosa picked up where he left off last year with 37 points. Former Bull Jimmy Butler added 24. Lakina, it was a tight first half. The Bulls were filling out their kings. They weren't matching up defensively. They were letting Miami Heat uh, score wherever they wanted. Miami Heat got off with a three-point shot in the first half, but things started to turn around in the second half with contributions, not just from DeRosa, but also from their bench. 12 offensive rebounds along with 12 steals. What got the job done for the men in red? Yeah, you got to love it. It was a total team win. Uh, Io had 17 points, which was, was I think, was up there. That was a career high for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vooch had a uh, double-double, 15 and 17 rebounds, including, I think, he had like, tw- like 12 defensive boards. So that was mm-hmm. what really helped Dale, the Bulls start you know, getting into their run. Goran Dragic saw a little bit of a fountain of youth there. He had 12 points off the bench. So did Kobe White. He had 10 off the bench as well. So I, I don't want this to be like I'm. I'm hoping that Zach Levine's knee is okay, and that you know this is just you know maybe they just want to make sure that you know he's you know good to go and whatnot because he's a max guy. And I was like, I guess he wants. They want to make sure that that's you kind of want to beat you know take it slow with that. And, and I and I can understand. I know some folks are freaking out as usual, but I don't want this you know DeRozan to, to to burn out. He's 34 now, so I don't want him to yeah you know, be like you know like this you know by the you know midway through the season. But if you get contributions from from Io, from uh, Vooj, from P-Will. P-Will had his struggles, a little bit concerned about him. He only had four points. But if you had you know, good you know, contributions off the bench, you had you know, Dragic with 12. Um, you know, Dr- Andre Drummond has some big you know, rebounds. And mm-hmm. so I, I think if we could kind of, they can kind of like keep it going, you know, like mix it up a little bit. Dan, Lillian Terry didn't play, so I'm sure we'll see him play tonight, I'm sure, against the Wizards. But, you know, if we get contributions from everybody, I mean – let, let's to soften the uh, soften to Mars, uh, you know, sh- shot making a little mm-hmm. bit. I think this should help a little bit with the Bulls. Yeah, I don't want to get too nitpicky with this, Lakina, but give head coach Billy Donovan credit for making some halftime adjustments. The Bulls, as I said, uh, doing our monologue that they weren't closing out defensively in the first half, they gave up too many three point shots, and they they weren't in the in the faces of the Miami Heat players and Stacey King on the Bulls broadcast pointed that out. But in the second half, it started to turn around a bit. Like I said, you saw Io uh, get his hands on a couple of balls for steals. Alex Caruso, as we said last year, Lakina, when he was signed over here, that fans were going to love him and Bulls fans have fallen in love with him from day one. You saw Caruso, who's in the starting lineup uh, due to the injury of Lonzo Ball as well. Uh, he, he stepped up, but I'm with Vernon here with the comment he brought up. Patrick Williams uh, better get it together. Uh, we'll give him a couple more games, but if he doesn't turn around, it's going to be a whole. He's going to be a whole lot of trouble. But my guy Javante Green uh, step up in a couple of instances as well. So it was a total team effort. Effort. I wish we had a little bit more uh, balanced scoring because you're going to have to pick it up. Was uh, assuming that Zach Levine looks like he's not going to play again tonight as they take on the Wizards as you mentioned in our nation's capital. But Vooch had a good game. And Stacey King brought this up on, on the broadcast on Wednesday. I know our guy Sean Sierra uh, brought this up during uh, during his shows last year. Vooch got to take advantage of the matchups in the post. He started to do that. He made a couple of shots, missed a couple of shots, but he was more aggressive, as we talked about Lakina, especially on our last show. 
Vucevic is came in, into camp in shape, was, was ready to go. He looks slender. And he looks also looks more confident as well. So mm-hmm. hopefully he continues to build on that because the Bulls are going to need him. Yeah, especially if you know, if that's gonna be Zach's gonna be taking like a couple of games off every, you know, every other game off. So that you know they definitely need to step up to help out DeRozan. So like you know, he's he's thinner, you know, he said himself he feels more confident, you know, a shot maybe he took advantage of you know the mismatch um on Wednesday. So hopefully this will be sort of kind of like a start of the trend there. But he kind of you know got the best of bam there a couple of times. So mm-hmm. hopefully this that that can continue we'll see what they do against the Wizards tonight. Um you know, again, we're only one game in. I think there's only like maybe there might have maybe a couple of teams that probably played two games already. Mm-hmm. But you know, for me, you know, as of you know, total, can I, I know we did this, you know, and I asked this a bunch of our, our panel, you know, Josh Hicks, uh, Matt Peck, Big Dave Watson, uh, Ricky O'Donnell. You, you, you can replay that by the way on uh, the YouTube uh, site and also on Facebook and also too on War Media, our NBA preview from Monday. Can I get a mulligan on my on my Philly pick? <laughs> I saw you tweeted out last night. <laughs> I know because they, they they did not look good against uh, Milwaukee. They 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 lost a tough one uh, to Milwaukee, and uh, Harden didn't. You know, it was sort of like and, uh, our buddy Matt Peck kind of said it, that he he actually has to take uh, Harden, especially when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, he had thirty one points. Harden did, but they just mm-hmm. you know they they try to keep it. They 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 got to run together in the fourth, but it just wasn't enough. Yeah, as as we said on our show on Monday, Doc Rivers is on the hot seat there in Philadelphia. Philadelphia has had, had all the talent in the last few years, but they just can't get over that hurdle. You cannot blame Ben Simmons anymore. He's in Brooklyn. You have a new teammate in P.J. Tucker, who I think is going to give them much-needed toughness and size as far as uh, helping jo- Joel and B rebound. So, uh, And they still have uh, Tyrese Maxey there. And you still have a couple other shooters that balance out that roster. But like I said, I think Philadelphia is still going to be fine. But I'm looking forward to them come playoff time. Like you say, James Harden, we know, especially at his advanced age now, he could do it in the regular season, but can you do it when it counts the most, which is playoff time? Yeah, I think that's going to be sort of the thing here. Uh, you know, Philly is 0-2. Um, you know, one team that looked pretty good was Utah. Utah pulled off the, the big upset, and I'm a, you know, I guess, you know, Gobert is gone, Donovan Mitchell's gone, and I guess, you know, they had a, uh, you know, they pulled away from the Nuggets. They beat them by 21 points, and I, I look, I don't know, you don't want to look too much into it because it's only one game, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess they're, they're not rebuilding, or may, maybe they probably won't be, but, you know, it was sort of, you know, seeing some of the, the balance scoring, they had, like, a lot of guys off the bench. I, I think uh, Colin Sexton had 20 off the bench, I believe, so for Utah, and that, and that upset win against Denver, Denver is still shorthanded. I know uh, Jokic did his thing, but you can tell that there's need to be sort of you know, that, that you know Michael Porter's Porter Junior is back, but you know mm-hmm. Jamal Murray he's starting to kind of you know still trying to find his way there. So you know the Denver Utah game, I think people kind of are sort of like freaking out about it, but I, I'm not. I think look, it happens, and look if you're Utah, like you got a new coach, you got a pretty much a brand new team, so of course it's going to be a little bit of you know Lord of Kings and stuff, mm-hmm. but, but 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 very impress- impressive win nonetheless. Yeah, Utah, uh, like you said, many, many people, including yours, truly are overlooking it as far as playoffs are concerned. And they are rebuilding, headed by new GM Danny Ainge. But uh, opening night, they were at home. They're playing against a team there that has been in the playoffs uh, the last few years. Uh, and they're one of the uh, underdog teams there that are uh, looked at to win the NBA championship. And Utah took advantage of that opening night with their fans still behind them. They're still on one of the toughest places to play in the NBA. That's a young squad. They're going to need that crowd 
as 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 the season goes along. But they took advantage of opening night, and they they took Denver by surprise. I'm like you. I'm not gonna look too much into this unless Denver starts uh, the stretch with a 0 and five, one and six record. And so they have us. I'm not gonna overreact either. Uh, if you're a Nuggets fan, you may be upset, but uh, it's a long season. Exactly. Uh, you know, speaking of the with the Philly, going back to Philly, uh, Boston, just uh, you know. You know, took a little, took somewhat of a big lead, and you know, didn't really look back as uh, they had some big shots late. Uh, Boston beat Philly by eight on Tuesday in opening night. Mm-hmm. Um, Tatum had his 66 career uh, 30 point game, which passes Paul George for the most by a Celtics prior to turning 25. So it's hard to believe he's still only 22. We are oddly enough of talking about Tatum, but mm-hmm. I know that all the stuff with uh, off the court, I don't think it'll be too much of a, a distraction, but you wonder. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, will, will this be an issue for for the Celtics? Might Maybe not, but the only thing that will probably stop them is themselves, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. They, they know that Mike Adoga is not going to coach this year. He probably won't ever coach the Celtics ever again. So, like I said, they have, they have one of their assistants uh, taking over. So, they're basically running the same system. And uh, like you said, since the season is starting now, they could concentrate on basketball Udoga's not going to be in distraction, so I think they'll be fine. Will they get back to the finals? I'm not sure. I think it's a few more things that have to fall their way. They're still a good team, but like you said, Udoga won't be in distraction. You saw that on opening night. Now going out back out west here, uh, the Lakers unfortunately are now 0-2 with their <laughs> loss to uh, the Clippers. The Clippers, I believe, have won like 30, 30, 33 of the last 40 against the Lakers, so mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like you know, it was actually end up being a good game. The Lakers made a game for a little bit, but unfortunately, the Clippers pulled away. Kawhi is going to be starting off the bench. I, I I don't like I said. What's the old? I wish I knew the over under total for the Lakers because it might. It, it just isn't looking good for the Lakers at this point. Yeah, I know they have one of the toughest schedules to start off in the league, and some people predict they may be zero seven by the time uh, 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 in a couple of weeks uh, when the season when the season is actually getting going, but. Uh, Tuesday night, I know our guy Vernon Fairley had a comment up there. He said, what about the ring ceremony in Golden State on Tuesday where LeBron was hating? That was hilarious. But the Lakers, as we said, like even last year, uh, they didn't have the right chemistry. It didn't work, of course. Uh, it didn't help that they had a whole bunch of injuries either. This year, uh, they added Patrick Beverly, which I think is still going to make a difference in this team because they didn't have a lick of defense, a, a lick of defense last year. Patrick Beverly has brought it the first two games of the year. Anthony Davis has actually looked good these first two games. I know mm-hmm. you took a nasty fall last night, but he got back up and played. But Russell Westbrook, you, I think you're just waiting for the day that he's get, he gets traded, if he gets traded this year, like, you know, because uh, he has that hamstring injury that he suffered one week ago today. I know he, he was one of the few Laker players that played well on Tuesday. And, and last night, I, I don't know what happened, but – uh, the, the, it's going to be a struggle for the Lakers. Even if they do make the playoffs, uh, they'll have to go through the playing tournament just to do it because look at the West. The West is, is stacked. And you, yeah, can't afford, you cannot afford to have a bad streak. Uh, yeah, this look, is not even talking injuries yet. Yeah, look at what look, look fans did to, uh, did to Dallas. You know, had that big comeback. They think they're down, down with like 15 or something like that. Uh, that's the fourth largest comeback you know, to win the season opener. So in 25 years. So it, it's sort of... Yeah, again, that sort of proves mm-hmm. like how deep that West is. Um, 
yeah, that, so that's going to be a dream. Uh, Paolo Pacero uh, had a, a solid debut, even even though the Magic lost to uh, Detroit. Did you he see had, that dunk he had in the fourth yes, quarter? That was yeah. sweet. Woo-hoo! Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. He just posterized. I don't know. I don't know who that was that he dunked on, but yeah, that was just a that was a nasty dunk. Now, unfortunately, yeah. like I said, it was a losing effort, but still, you know, a solid a solid debut for uh, Pacero. He's a third player. Over the last three years, with 25 points, five rebounds, and five assists in his debut, of course, joining uh, Grant Hill and LeBron. So, looking pretty good for uh, Pachero so yeah, far. Yeah, Jalen Ivey is the truth, too, that draft pick out of Purdue for Detroit. Mm-hmm. They're going to be interesting watch this year. I know they got Bogdan Badanovich, and he had a great debut again with the Pistons uh, on, on Wednesday. So, Detroit, I'm not saying they're, they're going to the playoffs or anything like that, but they're going to be interesting watch this year. You may not count that team as an easy win. Right. No, no, absolutely. Uh, going through some of the just some of the, uh, the key games real quick when I know we're up against it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, New Orleans and Charlotte both are one and oh, New Orleans looked really good. Like Zion looked really good. Let's see if he can keep it up. Yeah, they and, destroyed Brooklyn on the road. Yes, they Woo. did. Oh, well, yeah, the Brooklyn might have their own issues. We'll get to probably get to that on Monday. San Antonio mm-hmm. and Indiana, uh, six o'clock. Also, two, of course, Bulls and Wizards, Orlando and Atlanta, Toronto and Brooklyn. We'll see if Brooklyn can figure things out uh boston and miami and uh detroit and new york new york are unfortunately 0-1 they did not look they did not look good on uh, wednesday yeah memphis beat them in overtime at home in their home debut like you said the celtics heat game tonight that's the first game of the espn doubleheader that's at 6 30 of course running down the rest of the schedule for tonight utah and minnesota minnesota barely beat okc yeah. on opening night Nuggets are at the Warriors. That's the second game that ESPN Friday doubleheader tonight. That's at nine o'clock. And then, of course, the Suns at the Trailblazers at 9 p.m. And then, of course, on Saturday, the Bulls at the home opener against Cleveland at seven o'clock. Yeah, it's got a good quick turnaround for the Bulls. Uh, first game, the NBA TV don't help. We got San Antonio and Philly. We'll see if Philly can, you know, get things going. Detroit, Indiana, Boston, Orlando, Toronto, and Miami. That should be a fun one. Houston and Milwaukee, uh, Memphis and Dallas. That should be a good one. That's the second half of that NBA TV doubleheader. OKC and Denver, uh, Clip and Clippers and the Kings. Yeah, the Clippers will be one of the teams I'll be watching for this year. Of course, you'll truly pick them to win the NBA title. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Now, your schedule for Sunday at 2.30, right in the middle of the football uh, schedule. Portland at the Lakers, uh, formerly known as Staples Center at 2.30. The Charlotte Hornets at the Atlanta Hawks at 4 o'clock. At 6 o'clock on NBA TV for Sunday, the Wizards at the Cavaliers. That should be an interesting one. At mm-hmm. the same time at 6 o'clock, Utah at New Orleans. At 7 o'clock... Minnesota at OKC at 7.30, Sacramento at Golden State. And then the second half of that Sunday night NBA TV doubleheader, the Phoenix Suns would pay a visit to Los Angeles to face the Clippers. That should if be that, a fun one. Yeah, if that Sunday night football game is boring, I think I might uh, tune into that uh, Suns-Clippers game on NBA TV. Though that, should be, yeah. <laughs> that should be a fun one at 9 o'clock. Clock. So that is your schedule for the NBA. Of course, looking forward to talking some more NBA again this year. We're going to take a really quick break. We're going to talk some college football, including some pretty interesting matchups, and maybe even a little bit of base, a little bit of baseball as well as LCS, and uh, some surprising uh, results so far. McKenna McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on SportsNet Chicago. We'll we'll have college football and LCS, uh, MLB baseball right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. 
This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. <laughs> Digging that music right there. Welcome back to the hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me, Keena McGee, on the Twitter and Akina Score McGee on the IG. And if you have a question or comment for us, we have less than 90 minutes left of this extravagance we call a sports talk radio show. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Typing in questions or comments in the comments section, Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Around this time, we preview the uh, the week that is the, of, from the world of college football. And I can't believe it, Lakina. This is week number eight. 
in college football. Of course, the final the line I have the week off, but that doesn't mean that we have other games to talk about. We had two that 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 were played last night on Thursday. Virginia Virginia gets by Georgia Tech 16 to 9. Why Troy University gets by South uh, by South Alabama in the Sun Belt battle 10-6. Well, yeah, that was a that was a, definitely a barn burner. That one was. Uh going to tonight's game, we got Tulsa and Temple. That's this that's a Friday night game on ESPN 2 at 6:30. And UAB against Western Kentucky. That game is on CBS Sports Network. So that should be a fun one there. All right, so let's go to tomorrow's action starting at 11 o'clock on Fox's Big News Saturday. As number two ranked Ohio State, the Buckeyes at the Horseshoe will host three and three Iowa Hawkeyes. The Ohio State Buckeyes are 30-point favorites. The over-under total is, is set at 50. Look for C.J. Stroud to do his thing in the air for the Buckeyes. He has 24 touchdown passes on the season. As far as their running back is concerned, Myron Williams has eight rushing touchdowns on the year. And Ibuka, uh, the Emeka uh, Ibuka, if I pronounce that correctly, Lakina, correct me if I'm wrong. He has six receiving touchdowns on the year on 35 receptions. Lakina, I don't think Iowa has a chance tomorrow. I'll be surprised if Iowa if uh, if if, if Iowa covers that 30 points. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably what might happen there. I think that 30 is definitely a, a push. So uh, I don't think we all know Iowa will probably will not have trouble with uh, the Hawkeyes. Uh, Tennessee uh, takes a little bit of a break from that loss. Hopefully, they'll, they'll, they should they should be just fine against, you know, t- facing in-state uh, rival. Not rival, but they're in-state, uh, you know, Tennessee, Marnell. Mm-hmm. That's on SEC Network, kind of like where they that some SEC teams do that in the middle of the season, play FCS team. In this case, they're playing one of their uh, in-state uh, folks, uh, sort of the big one here on ABC at 11 a.m. Tomorrow you got Clemson at 7-0, and their place is Syracuse, who is 6-0, are who I like to call uh, the fine Dave Kerners, our buddy from uh, WBBM, uh, he's a Syracuse <laughs> grad. Uh, this is going to be uh, uh, Syracuse's first big test. I mean, I, I know that they beat yes. Purdue, but, you know, the, the Tigers are getting better on defense. Uh, DJ Uolier has been really good so far mm-hmm. this year. Uh, Wes, uh, uh, Shipley has been Will Shipley, I should say, has been you know, really solid for them. So this, this, I'm not saying that t- that club should be an upset alert, but I, I think this will definitely be the first big test for uh, Syracuse. Clemson's favored by two touchdowns, 14 points even. The over/under total is 49. If Syracuse wants to pull off the upset, they're going to run the ball consistently with Sean Tucker. He has six rushing touchdowns on the year off 124 carries. Aranda Gaston the second. We I said this last week, keep Lakina. We getting no. I remember his daddy playing, but he has five receiving touchdowns on the year off of 31 receptions. If Syracuse need, uh, has a chance at the upset, they need to run the ball to keep that Clemson defense uh, on his on his toes and hit them over the top with a run against the second. On defense, Syracuse has to stay disciplined, do not take, take any dumb penalties, and force a couple of turnovers and, and get to that quarterback. I'll say over under, I'll set the number at three sacks. If if Clem- if uh, Syracuse can sack the quarterback, uh, Clemson's quarterback three times, I think they'll win this ball game. Hmm, might be uh, might be interesting, but like I said, this could be the first uh, big test for the Orange so far. In the America, you got the Cincinnati against SMU. SMU is three and three. Uh, Cincinnati, they were number twenty one. They're five mm-hmm. and one. Uh, SMU gave them a lot of fits, so that was a totally different uh, team, uh, Bearcats team. But uh, that should be an interesting one. 
down there in Dallas, uh, Kansas, and Baylor. That's also another 11 a.m. game on ESPN2. Uh, you know, Kansas had a couple of back-to-back tough losses. Mm-hmm. Baylor had a tough loss, so it'll be interesting to see how both these teams bounce back. That should be a fun one on ESPN2. Uh, Duke and Miami, that's that's 11.30. I'll be on ESPN3, so... You know, you guys could check that out if you're a Miami fan. Uh, Northern Illinois faces Ohio University. That's Mac action. It's on ESPN plus uh, UNLV and Notre Dame at 1.30. But remember, it's not going to be on NBC. It's going to be on Peacock. On Peacock. <laughs> that should kind of tell you something. That should tell you something a little bit there. So, uh, yep. <laughs> so yeah, all you Notre Dame fans, you know, our, our boy Jordan Lozowski, who's a big Notre Dame, who's Notre Dame grad, got to watch it on, uh, on Peacock, folks. Got to stream it. Uh, West uh, Virginia. Uh, yeah, I want to see a, a girl. She'll join us later in, in the show, Christine. Uh, Christine <laughs> Manica. I uh, know she'll probably be pulling her hair out if she can't stream that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, West Virginia and Texas Tech at, on FS1. That's a two o'clock <laughs> game. Uh, the uh, the uh, big one here on uh, CBS. It'll be hard for the top uh, the Alabama Tennessee Classic, but I'm sure this will probably maybe has a good chance of being one. You got Ole Miss and LSU. I think this is a bigger test for Ole Miss, and here's why. Because LSU is, is usually great at home at Tiger Stadium. I know they're 5-2 and two on the year, 3-1 and one in the SEC play. play. Brian Kelly is going to have his guys fire up. And their star quarterback, Mr. Jaden Daniels, is going to have a big game. He has 10 touchdown passes on the year. And I, I think the, ball, the, the game is going to come down to his legs and his arms. But the Ole Miss, even though they're 7-0, and I think – they're gonna go in there. I think they're gonna run run the ball and run the ball hard with uh, with Judkins. He has ten touchdowns of uh, rushing touchdowns on the year, but I think it's gonna be the Ole Miss's defense is gonna set the tone. Yeah, definitely. So uh, this should be a fun one down at Baton Rouge. L- yeah, L- LSU is favored by two points. Two. Okay, so I guess <laughs> it's definitely. Yeah. A pick. I guess. I guess. I guess because they're all, they're at home. They're at Tiger Stadium. So I guess that's probably why LSU is a slight mm-hmm. favorite. Should be a good one here in the Pac-12. It'll be on Fox. Uh, this, will, you know, this should be interesting. Uh, the game that guys will be here over there in Eugene. You got number nine, UCLA, and number 10, Oregon, both coming off a, a bye last week. So this should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to this matchup. Um, Darian, uh, Dorian, uh, Tom, Dorian Thompson-Robinson against Bo Nix. That mm-hmm. should be a fun uh, QB battle. Zach Charbonnet, who have I've been touted, should be up there in the Heisman race. That should be a Gotta slow him down if you're Oregon, so that's going to be a tough task. And the defense have actually has actually been pretty good for UCLA this year, so this should be a, this should definitely be a fun one. Uh, they don't allow they're really their rush defense is actually one of the tops in the country, and so is Oregon. So definitely going to get to pin out uh, which which team can slow whose uh, offense down. Yeah, like you said, uh, UCLA's defense has been. Um, underrated but pretty good especially against the run this year but it's going to have a good test at our Tuzan Stadium up there in Eugene. Oregon we, we know through that recent history they could put up points and Bo Nix like you said I think it's a top eye candidate for the Heisman as well he has 12 touchdown passes so far this season and so it's going to be a high scoring affair. Oregon's favored by six and a half and the over under total is 70 and a half. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> so Vegas expenses to be a high scoring game. Yeah, this is yeah. If you take the over, I guess if you're uh, Vegas, but uh, I guess they're expecting a lot of points, so 
it's gonna be the defense is gonna be probably gonna be the wild card here for both which defenses step up. Uh Texas, you know, speaking of defense here, you know, Big 12, we got Texas and Oklahoma State. Uh Oklahoma State, you know, hoping to bounce back from the uh tough loss to TCU last week. This is at 2:30 on ABC. Yeah, the Texas Oklahoma State contest is a Steelwater. Texas is favored by six points. The over on the total is 60 and a half. Uh, it's going to be another bar burning Lakina, but I think it's going to come down to who has the ball last and who makes that big turnover on defense, who forces that big turnover on defense. Quinn Ewers has gotten better for Texas. Um, uh, Spencer Sanders definitely got to avoid the big mistakes. That's what happened. He made a couple of big mistakes last week against TCU. So it's going to be very interesting to see. You know, also defense too. I mean, you know, I know, I know uh, Big 12 has a lot of little teaser about uh, not playing defense, but this should mm-hmm. be interesting. This could come down to defense to this matchup here, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, 2.30 p.m. on ESPN. We have 5-2 and two, Purdue, 3-1 Big 10. They'll travel to Camp Randall in Madison, Wisconsin to face the Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin is 3-4 and four with a 1-3 record in conference play. Of course, Wisconsin beat up on Northwestern last week in Evanston, destroyed them like they stole something. Of course, Wisconsin, uh, uh, they're playing their second game under their new head coach. And look for Mr. Allen, Mr. Braylon Allen, to run the ball hard for Wisconsin. He has eight rushing touchdowns on the year. For Purdue, their star quarterback, Mr. Adrian Connell. He has 14 touchdown passes on the year. We'll see if Purdue can beat Wisconsin in the year. But we all know this. It comes down to the office of uh, to the offensive line of Wisconsin. And they usually run the ball, like I just mentioned. But let's see if Purdue, if they can stop the run, I think they have a chance to pull out the up, slight upset in Wisconsin. Wisconsin is favored by two and a half. It's going to be very interesting to see, like, especially with their defense. Purdue actually has a really good uh, pass defense, so that'll be very interesting to see, like, if they can kind of slow Wisconsin now. They're starting to get better with uh, the aerial attack and running the ball. So, you know, Big Ten West, I mean, I know Illinois, but, you know, Purdue's at the top right now, so they're because they're undefeated in the conference. So I'm wondering, like, okay, wait, which which team here will be get the edge here? And plus, you know, look, you know, Purdue hasn't played Illinois yet, so I think that's going to be sort of like the key. Uh, Arizona State and Stanford, that's at 3 o'clock. On the Pac-12 mm-hmm. network, both uh, coming off big upsets. Going into the night games, you got Alabama hosting Mississippi State, uh, hoping to bounce back from that loss <laughs> to Tennessee. I mean, look, I mean, look, Mississippi State is probably is one of those uh, defensive teams, so it's going to be very interesting. Now, of course, you don't want to face a uh, Nick Saban coach team when they're in a bad mood, but that's know, why I just laughed. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the Bull- look, the Bulldogs are six and two, so it, it, mm-hmm. and two and two in a conference, so it, it's not like. They're, they're no like they're no slouches. I mean, you know, Will Rogers had 23 uh, touchdowns and four interceptions. Of course, we know Bryce Young, you know, 16 touchdowns, three interceptions. It's going to come down to the running game, I think, for Mississippi State. But Mississippi State can slow you down defensively. So I know a ball, this could be the battle of the defense, I think, in this case. Yeah, Alabama's favored by 21 points at home. The over under over ton over under total is 61. Um, Vegas disagrees with you, Lakita, but we've seen strange things happen. Uh, I think Alabama's going to win the game. Will they cover the 21 points? I wouldn't be surprised, but I'll take Mississippi State slightly under, slightly under. But I think Alabama, no matter what, wins this ball game. Like you said, especially after what happened last week in Tennessee, which they, even though they came back for two touchdowns down, uh, they had their chances, but they missed their field goal and a couple of dumb penalties, and their defense just uh, wet the bed in that second half. Could be interesting to see who steps up for this one. Minnesota and Penn State, that's the ABC 
prime time mm-hmm. game at six thirty. That should be interesting. One Minnesota uh, coming off that, both coming off a uh, ter- uh, terrible, uh, tough losses. Penn State, of course, yeah. at Michigan, Minnesota, Illinois. So this is going to be very interesting though to see like who which team can man- kind of bounce back here. Yeah, this is a big, a bigger game for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They lost here uh, in Illinois against Champaign last week. Uh, they didn't show up after that first quarter. My guy Tanner Morgan, let's go, let's go. They're four and two overall, one and two in Big Ten play. Penn State, we know what they can do, especially on defense. And their their star wide receiver, Mister Parker Washington, who has uh, three hundred eighteen yards. Or receiving on the season, uh, it's time for him to step up uh, and catch a couple of touchdowns. I think he's going to be key for that Penn State offense. I think it's going to be close, but I'm gonna stick my neck neck out there. I'm, I'm going with Minnesota in the upset. I know Penn State's favored by four and a half, but I'm gonna stick my neck neck out and go over the Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Should be well, it should be a full one over there in Happy Valley. Not gonna be very happy yeah. with you, Sid. Uh, SEC here, you got six, you know, SC Network here at 6 30. You got uh, Texas AM, who definitely kind of you know been sort of a free fall. They're back at 500, they're one and two in conference, face another one and two uh team, uh, South Carolina. So that should this should be a full one over there in Columbia. Yeah, but FS1 at seven o'clock, we'll have number 17, Kansas State. They'll visit. Number eight TCU at Fourth Worth, Texas at M- Amon G. Carter Stadium. Kansas State three and zero in Big Twelve play. TCU three and zero also in Big Twelve play. Kansas State as I mentioned five and one. TCU at six and zero. TCU is favored by three and a half. Definitely a pick them here because uh, you know they're both three and zero in conference. So this is going to be very interesting to see mm-hmm. like who has the edge here. Could be a sort of a big step towards you know the Big Twelve uh, title game. But Adrian Martinez and Max Dugan, you know the two quarterbacks, it should be a fun one. It's going to be really the defense too. I feel like, as as is usual with the Big Twelve. You know the, the Big Twelve always is accused of playing a lot of defense. So definitely we'll <laughs> see which uh, which defenses step up here. Uh, uh, let's see, um, uh, Colorado and Oregon State, uh, the, the capper here, Washington and Cal. Uh, always have fun with those two teams, battle it out. That's the late game on ESPN. Also, San Diego State and Nevada, that's the CBS Sports Network. And that is your schedule for week eight in college football. All right, you listening to Second City Sports, the hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We have a few minutes left, Lakina, before we close up shop for hour number one. Let's get into some baseball. Of course, the National League Championship Series between the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Diego Padres are tied at a uh, at a game apiece, that best of seven series. It continues tonight at 6.37 p.m. Central Standard Time on FS1. The series now moves to Philadelphia. Remember, it's a 2-3-2 format, so it'll be in Philadelphia for for the, the stay over the weekend, tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. The series, as I mentioned, is tied up at one game apiece. Joe Musgrove will be your starting pitcher tonight for the San Diego Padres. Of course, the, the Padres bounced back in one game two, a comeback fashion, while the Philadelphia Phillies stole game one. Lakina, who has the advantage tonight as the series moves to brotherly love. The city of yes. brotherly love. Yeah, Zach. <laughs> Using air quotes here. <laughs> yeah, Zach. Yeah, Zach Wheeler just uh just hammered uh the Padres in game one. That was one of the reasons why they were able to steal that game. We're talking about the Phillies. Um Austin Hill got the better of uh his brother Aaron, you know, in that matchup. So, you know, definitely even out as it goes to Philly. Uh Joe Musgrove, you know, we'll see. I- I'm sure 
you know, they're going to be, you know, the Phillies are going to be looking through behind his ears, I'm sure, uh, to make sure that <laughs> they grease really up behind the ears. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. The Rangers Suarez, you know, they, they face each other. That should be an interesting uh, matchup here. So it's going to be kind of interesting if, if the Phillies can kind of shut them down as they prove that they've done that. You know, Manny Machado and, and, and such, you know, Kyle Schwarber was like Bryce Harper starting to kind of get it together a little bit. So if mm-hmm. they can, it's going to really depend on who I know pitching. I know pitching. Yes, of course, that's important, but who can score? And that's going to be the key. I feel like in the, for, for, especially with this pivotal series coming up. And, you know, Peco Park in San Diego is a pitcher friendly ballpark, but Citizens Bank Ballpark in Philadelphia, that's a cracker jack box, just like Sox Park here in Chicago on the south side. So I expect Cal Schwarber's bat to continue to heat up along with Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's had a nice postseason so far with the bat for the Philadelphia Phillies in his uh, Phillies postseason debut. So I, I think it's, it's going to be about scoring, but whose bullpen is going to step up late? And San Diego has a good bullpen, but can Philadelphia make that response at home? And that's, I think that's going to be sort of the question here, especially like, like we've been saying, it's going to be interesting to see like who kind of gets that edge. Cause both teams can kind of be as tricky, especially when it comes to hitting mm-hmm. and Petco is definitely more of a, like you said, it's more hitter friendly. So this could be like a nine, eight, 10, nine type of thing, you know, tonight. So that's six thirty seven on FS one. We'll see what happens there. Now on the other side on the AL ALCS, you've got the Astros up to nothing on the Yankees just, you know, it's sort of one of those, maybe because you know, they, if you look at it, it's like they just held serve at home talking about the, uh, the Astros or their play again on Sunday, definitely a pivotal of sat. Well, well, Saturday, well, yeah, cause I think they're both tonight, but yeah, 407, <laughs> that's on TBS. That's, that's the home of the ALCS. So what do you think? I mean, can the uh, Yankees try and sort of like cut into this lead? I think they will because uh, they left some runs on on the score uh, on the basis I should say in the first two games. Uh, their starting pitching has been okay, but their bullpen, uh, talking about the Yankees, uh, has not been so stellar. Uh, they uh, they came close, but uh, they just couldn't shut the door. They couldn't keep the Astros off the base pass. Now, as you on the flip side for Houston, as you said, uh, they made a couple of key hits, including Jordan Alvarez's home runs. Uh, and they had three part of the three solo uh, home run game in game one. Uh, game two, they did the same thing. Justin Verlander did his thing uh, also uh, during the first two games of that series. But it's, it's all about Aaron Judge and the Yankees office uh, pressing the buttons. They're going to be at home for the next three games, and, and they should take at least two out of three to send that series back to Houston, uh, at, at least a trailing 3-2. Uh, I'd say the Yankees will take two of the next three games at home. Lean as uh, trailing, but they'll still be trading in the series three, two. Yeah, the Yankees were struck, struck out 17 times in game two, so that's mm-hmm. not good if you're trying. That's not good if you're, if you're trying to kind of like get it going here, but luckily, because of the two, three, two format, hopefully, this means that they can kind of you know, get it together. Hope you know, win these next one, two of these next three at home and kind of force uh, force Houston to, to go with them, you know, back to Houston uh, to finish up that series. So for me, I, I think, like you said, the pitching, you know, you got, you know, Alex Bergman and, you know, some of the others on, on that, on that staff for Houston, that's going to be a very interesting. Now tomorrow's mm-hmm. matchup should be an interesting one too. You got Christian Javier and Garrett Cole. So Garrett Cole's going to have to step up for the Yankees if they want to you know, extend the series. We talked about his performance. I'm talking about Garrett Cole on our show on Monday 
uh, what he did against Cleveland, uh, against the Guardians on the road in game four. It was masterful. He threw over 110 pitches, kept the Yankees in it, which helped him win that game and, and helped him win the series uh, the very next day. He's going to have to have that performance again tomorrow as his, as his team is down 2-0. Houston, as I mentioned, uh, they're in the driver's seat. The bullpen is one of the best, if not the best, in baseball. We've seen that so far through the first two games. They just haven't uh, had enough enough offense uh, to let uh, let the bullpen do its thing. But the Yankees' bats must wake up, and they must be aggressive on the base pass because if they're not, they're going to go home by the time we get back here on Monday. <laughs> yeah, so we might be talking about uh, Houston going back to uh, the Royal Series. we got to see what happens there now. Now, going back to the Philly uh, Padres series for a second, I, I feel like, yes, it's going to – who who will win two out of three here in this at Petco? Ooh, that's going to be tough. But I think because they have a little bit better balance on their roster and they have the momentum right now, I'm going to say Philadelphia. Hmm, you think – okay. Yeah, I think, it, like I said, if they can you know get it going offensively, I think that's going to be the thing. Take advantage of the fact that they know they're – Ballpark Peco's a hit friendly ball ballpark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be very. I, I'm kind of like aware of this, so it's gonna be very interesting. You know, who who can kind of like get that get it going and take advantage of that? But I think Philly will probably win. I'm not gonna say they win all three, but I think they will win two out of three, and at least you know, they'll be going back to San Diego. Yeah, same here. So the NLCS resumes tonight, and the ALCS resumes tomorrow on Saturday. Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports hashtag Football Friday Edition continues. Up next is a good friend of the show from WVON Chicago's sports show, The Fundamentals. Arturo Garza, a.k.a. DJ Turnbine, will join us along with our girl Christine the Queen Manica to close out the show with our Week 7 NFL picks. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Old Chicago. that you're in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
calling. Few will earn the title. United States Marine. The few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, hashtag Football Friday Edition, real live in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scrub again on the IG. We got less than an hour left of this extraordinary program. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You want to get at us, including our next guest, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And don't forget that you can also catch Sports Zone Chicago now available on Roku TV. 24 hours. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Lakina, let's kick off our number two. Let's not waste any time. Let's bring on our first guest. He's a friend of the show. He's from WVON's Chicago's the, the their sports show, The Fundamentals. He co-hosts that show with the Titus T Dub Williams. You can listen to that show every every Friday from 9 p.m. to 12 midnight on WVON. If you live outside the Chicago area, don't sweat it. Just download that free iHeartRadio app. Uh, type in WVON Chicago. You can access that program right there. Let's not waste any time. Let's bring on our good friend, Mr. Arturo Garza, a.k.a. DJ, DJ Turbine. Arturo, up, welcome man? back to the show, my man. How are you? I'm doing Thank good. You. How are you? How are you? Thank you, guys. I'm doing great. I'm doing great right now, especially after this Bulls win. I needed it after a week of two Bears losses, so I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, we'll spare. Yeah, we'll spare you the Bears talk uh, for a few minutes, and we'll start. We'll start off with the Chicago Bulls. Of course, uh, they defeated sure. the Miami Heat in that series, that uh, season opener on Wednesday, one sixteen, one hundred eight. Zach Levine didn't play, but Demar Derozan uh, picked up where he left left off last year with thirty seven exactly points. Where he left off in the Drew yeah. League, too. <laughs> yeah, and and. Uh, Ayo Desumu started a point guard, struggled a little bit, but he picked up the pace. Of course, you have new guys with Gordon Dragic who did well, Andre Drummond did well, along with Javante Green. What did you think about the, the Bulls' uh, performance on Wednesday? Me, personally, I thought it was a tale of two halves. The first half, they struggled, especially defensively, but they picked it up in the second half, especially shooting from the outside to get the win. I agree. It was a tale of two halves. The first quarter, I was getting a little bit of uh, last year vibes where you're kind of wondering if this is going to, you know, pick up because you can see already without Zach and without Lonzo, things were kind of getting a little stagnant. But I was, I was, I was myself, I was playing the patient, you know, game. I was like, you know what, we have to wait and see how this goes out because mm -hmm. they're just starting out. So I was encouraged to see how everything went out. I know DeMar started out very slow, only had nine points in the first half. Picked it up amazingly in the third, but 
that really was what sparked it because and that's the thing I love Demar on this team his mentality his uh his uh, approach to the game it always goes that way and his team does fall in line with that because you don't want to be the guy that doesn't at least try to match that and one thing I'll say you guys mentioned Io when this game uh we all heard that Zach was going to play for uh need management for that's another conversation. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about that if we want to talk about that later. But for right now, <laughs> with uh, the availability of Zach not being there, somebody had to step it up. And I was looking at one or two guys, and I'm glad that one of them did it, and it was Io DeSumo. My other guy that I wanted to pick it up was Patrick Williams. He didn't yet. I'll, I'll put a little pin in that for right now. But for what Io did, especially at the point guard position, it was awesome. I think he just needed to get his, you know, a little bit comfortable because when you think about it, you know, this is really a, a situation where, hey, going into it, let's let's be honest, behind closed doors, he probably already had that conversation of, hey, you're you're gonna, this is your job to lose, you know, quote unquote. But he had that mentality going in. I'm gonna be the point guard going into this team. So with that happening, I believe what ultimately he just needed to get those nerves calm, and he did great. And I was happy the way he played, and this is very encouraging because I want to see this kind of going forward. Tonight against Washington, he has a favorable matchup, in my opinion, with uh, Monte Morris. He's a good guard, but this is a guy who, I, me personally, I'll take Io in this matchup. So to leave on Io's, uh, uh, leave Io there with the rest of the team as a whole, Booch, 17 rebounds and 15, that's amazing. That's great. He really outplayed Bam Adebayo and. I didn't expect that, especially in Miami's home opener. Miami did fall a little flat. I don't know what it was. Lack of urgency, maybe because they felt real relaxed. You know, sometimes when you come in with a, a metaphorical hangover, they were the number one seed last year. So maybe we just got them thinking that, oh, well, the Bulls are dealing with injuries. Those Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have been a trap game for them. And, you know, I'll, however it is, I'll take the W. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how concerned are you with Patrick Williams? He had his struggles uh, only four points, and you know he's he's still very young. I think people should remember he's only twenty one years old still. But uh, how concerned are you with uh, his lack of uh, well, just lack of everything, pretty much at this point? Sure, uh, it's an interesting case with him because I'm not going to be the guy that's going to give him excuses because I don't want to be that for him. But I will say he didn't play much last year, so he only got a handful of games. So he which way you want to put it, that was year two. So we had to take something away from it. And now year three, even though he doesn't have that much game experience under his belt, you still want to see those leaps and bounds happen. Mm-hmm. And to me, it just seems that he's – yesterday with Miami, he's a great example. I wanted him to be – he didn't take his first shot until the second quarter. And that is something I don't – you have for sure. If Zach's not there, minimum, there's about 15 shots on the board that somebody needs to take. And I would have loved to see Pat be a little bit more aggressive and make you know his offensive presence known. And he actually has that. He has a decent mid-range. Mm-hmm. He is very well-sized. He can take most of his matchups, especially in this new modern age of NBA. You're playing a lot of small ball. So his matchup, I believe, was Caleb Martin. And size-wise, he could have done a little bit of damage there. But it just seems that he's a little trigger shy here. And he might still have the mentality of that young kid. And we have to remember that he is very young. He's not that old. Io is older than him. Kobe is older than him. Even though Pat's been here longer, Pat was only 19 when we got him. So he still might be, you know, for all intents and purposes, trying to become more of an NBA man than, you know, 
at, in front of our eyes right now. So that could be part of the situation. I, like I said, I don't want to give him more excuses because all I keep hearing is potential, potential, potential. I don't, I, potential doesn't win games. You know, I want to see you win games right now. And this next couple games, he has a very tough schedule. He has Washington tonight. That's going to be Kyle Kuzma, who he's going to be facing. I believe tomorrow is going to be Cleveland and Evan Mobley. He's very good. Trust me. He's going to be his young buck. He's going to be very active. And then Monday we have, I believe, ooh, who was the matchup, I believe, on Monday? Boston. That's going to mm-hmm. be Jason Tatum. So his next three games, he is not going to get any rest on the defensive side. So he needs to understand that you can't just play these guys on the defensive side. You got to be aggressive, too, on offense and make them work. It's a two-way street here. If you get them to work on offense and on defense, by the fourth quarter, we'll see who's gasping. Yeah, we're talking Bulls basketball with our good friend Arturo Garza, a.k.a. DJ Turbine from the Fundamentals WVON Chicago Sports Show. You can catch that tonight at 9 p.m. to midnight on WVON in the free iHeartRadio app. Just type in WVON Chicago. He's hanging out with us on the Friday edition of Second City Sports Zone. So Sports Zone Chicago. Sid looking here with you. DJ, let's talk about Nikolai Vucevic. Uh, as, a, as you well know, my partner, Lakina, has, has had to defend him a little bit last year, especially the Bulls' Twitter. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and Nikolai Vucevic was, the, in harsher terms, uh, the waving bar of many Bulls fans last year. But this year mm-hmm. he's coming to camp in better shape. And Wednesday uh, he, he made a good debut with 17 rebounds and 15 points. Talk to, talk to us about his performance from your aspect of it. You want to talk about that also? I think defensively, what, he had three blocks? Mm-hmm. Yes. I I will take that. 17 rebounds, three blocks. That's a presence in the paint that people were complaining last year. Vooch is pretty much trying to show these guys, like, okay, okay, well, you know, what else you want to complain about? And I do mm-hmm. also say that the fact that you have Andre Drummond coming off the fence, to spell him, it does mm-hmm. take a lot of weight off his shoulders because, you know, Andre only had about nine to 15, uh, five rebounds, I believe. But those it helps because you can see now Vooch is coming off a little bit more. He's fresher. He's trying to get more aggressive. And he was trying to get in the paint. I saw him multiple times. The Bulls need to be more aware of when he's in the paint. You heard yes. Stacey King constantly saying, mouse in the house, mouse in the house. How many yes. <laughs> yeah. have Martin on his backside? That is cookies. This man can literally put bully him. And I'm not trying to say that in a mean term. This is basketball terms. But I'm just saying, like, Vooch could really done a lot of damage down there. And also, Bam Adebayo was having a bad game. Bam will not always have a bad game like that. So, fortunate for the Bulls, it fell on our, on our you know, schedule where he had that game right now. But Vooch, honestly, is going to be doing better right now, especially with Zach being gone. Even tonight with the Wizards, he's going to be out. I do expect this uh, DeMar and Vooch to be running the offense a little bit more. This might be more uh, what Vooch is accustomed to because usually when Zach's in it, he's your three option. But tonight and last uh, Wednesday, he had to be a number two option by default. And that is closer to a role that he was playing in uh, Orlando, closer to a number one. Because, you know, at least when you're number one and number two, it's pretty much, you know, someone's going to take that shot. And DeMar, it helped. So let's just to say the least. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do you expect from Dalen Terry? He didn't play um, on, on Wednesday, but uh, what you know, what are you expecting from him? You know, I told you he was uh, all de- all defense in the Pac-12, so he's gonna definitely gonna bring that defensive uh, aspect to the to the game here. But what what are, what's your ceiling for him this year? 
fortunately right now, I don't see us going like the Clippers. They're going saying 11 deep right now, which that's a problem in itself. It's a good problem to figure out. I don't see that here in Chicago. We're going to get to a, probably a, a nine to eight man rotation. Whoever gets comfy, even when you figure in Zach back into it, someone's going to get pushed out. But uh, barring injury, he's going to be spending time just pretty much doing what he did Wednesday. And that was jumping a lot, cheering for his teammates and getting hyped for breakaway dunks. Yeah. And speaking of the rest of the NBA, Arturo, of course, on our preview show on Monday, I picked the Clippers to win the title. I know they beat the Lakers last night, but even though, they, yeah, <laughs> good one. <laughs> but uh, even though the, uh, the, the this new season has been a, a couple of days old, what has impressed you so far uh, as far as the uh, performances and, and teams and uh, what stood out to you from uh, for opening night the last couple of nights? Let me around see the which league. one surprise i'll say surprise when utah beat denver the other night that was a surprise i didn't expect that to happen especially with the fact that everyone's pretty much having utah being a rebuilding team this year and really they have a lot of pieces of just you know you have laurie marketing's over there colin sexton's over there uh jordan uh sex uh clarkson's over there they have a lot of pieces that just are randomly put there and you think denver especially with the reigning mvp over there now that's just that's free cheese for Denver, but no, that was one of the biggest surprises. Uh, one of the other stories that I was really having an eye on last night was obviously I already told you, I've kind of spoiled it. I am picking the Clippers to win this year, but that's because <laughs> of the additions. So I had a very big eye on the game last night. I was very keen on watching John Wall because I'm a very big John Wall fan. I believe he's been giving a bad, uh, a bad go of things recently and that's because of him and because of the situation with Houston but I'm just happy that he's back on the court I said it last night to my friend who was with me the NBA is better when John Wall is playing the NBA is better when Kawhi Leonard is playing I had the same feeling when we got uh Kevin Durant back it was the same feeling when we got Kawhi Le uh Clay Thompson back it's just I I looked around the league last night and realized I think this is the first time we're clear on injuries. You know, the Bulls, yeah, Lonzo Ball's hurt, you know, unfortunately. But, you know, the big name, big tier players, I think it's the first time in a while we had just a clean slate of everyone's on the field. So it's going to be a very fun year to play. And like I said last night, I just wanted to see Kawhi get back into it. I wanted to see John get into it. And it was a great performance. And I feel like the Clippers are stud. It was just day one of their march to the finals. What did you think about that dunk uh, uh, with Orlando's rookie mm -hmm. over, over the Pistons the other night? <laughs> Impressive, impressive. It, I thought it was next. That was bad. I, I couldn't help but like realize like I didn't see it coming like that, but I was like, mm -hmm. okay, all right, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> but oh, I, you know, I just don't want to. I never want to be the guy on that receiving end. You know, you never want to be the the wrong side of a poster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that that's true. Uh, who's your MVP? Uh... Oh, so far this year, uh, it's too early. If I had well, to pick so, anybody, who was, your, who was your prediction? Who was your prediction for MVP? How about that? Going into the season, I was going to go with uh, Giannis because I feel like Milwaukee is uh, kind of one of those situations where they're becoming an afterthought, but they don't want to be an afterthought in a sense because, you know, they haven't really taken any steps back, to be honest. They're still a very tough team in the East, and they should be the favorites alongside with Philly to make a, run, a deep run to the playoffs. And I feel that's where I feel like Giannis – He's a motivated player, and I feel like he's going to take that personally. And this year, you might see Giannis really go back to the MVP for me a couple years ago. 
Yeah. And one more question from me, um, DJ, before we move on to Bears football. Uh, we saw the Golden State Warriors, what they did to the Lakers opening night. Of course, we know yes. about the Draymond Green, uh, Jordan Poole storyline. Uh, some people say that since Draymond Green, uh, he'll be a free agent that season's end. Do you think this is the last year of this current core of the Golden State Warriors? Some people have Draymond Green. He's setting himself up to go to the Lakers to join LeBron next year. Another saying that Jordan Poole, he may be uh, just – just you know how stuff comes through the internet. Yeah. But what's your outlook for the for Golden State this year? Do you think uh, all that noise is just uh, uh, out there locker room? They can just focus on basketball. So as far as this season's concerned, I think Golden State is focused on trying to, you know, silence the noise. But uh, it's hard that situation. It's not going away. Did you guys see a couple of days ago how Draymond released that little docu like series yeah. about how it went mm-hmm. down? Yeah. I. I don't know how you guys felt about that, but to me, if you're trying to quiet something down, why are you bringing more attention to it with a docu-series? Like, you did your apology, you did everything. If you, between you and him, you guys are saying you're good, you're good. So it feels like he's trying to, I don't know, change narratives here. I understand he's trying to get into media, but he's also saying that the media is trying to paint a different narrative. I don't know about you guys, but that video was very, very... I found it surprising, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I can't really find a way to say it feels like you're just trying to calm it down. So I would like to see for the rest of the season them just go away from this whole story and just focus on basketball as far as – and honestly, the Warriors are still, in my opinion, going to be – it's going to be between the Warriors and the Clippers to me that go to the finals. So as far as Draymond's future with the Warriors, if he, ha- he has to take less money because – they just paid Jordan Poole. They just played Wiggins. I played paid Wiggins, and at that point, there's not much money left on the table. And the only other situation I see him wanting to go is maybe to the Lakers, and I don't see much uh, much more success for him anywhere else. And then the Lakers, it's that they're they're really in a situation themselves. But he would like to play with LeBron. I know that. I would like to see him finish out his career and go to state. Me personally. Well, well, we'll switch gears here. These uh, net last few minutes to talk some bears. Uh, I know you don't look at turbine. I don't know you. I know you don't want to. You're dreading that uh, that little combo. I love, I love them, but they're making it hard. Like it's it's it, yeah, it is. It's just it's just trying. But uh, what you know? Yeah, there no one's on the injury report. Yay! Uh, but right. what 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 sort of like your sort of like your sort of uh, synopsis of what's going to happen? The you know through, through the rest of the season. <sighs> Honestly, it's very up in the air because what I would like to see, and I know yesterday we saw Coach Flus get in front of the media. One of the questions that I heard, which made me kind of just bat an eyebrow, which was uh, he was asked about the offensive line, and they said, are you going to make any changes? And he just said, we'll see where that goes. I was like, what do you mean? Like, we'll see where that goes. Your quarterback, if you have not seen, is in jeopardy of not – playing all 17 games this season. I don't know what he saw Thursday night that made him have any re-encouraging feelings about all five of those gentlemen on that line. I, I don't think anyone's job is safe. I mean, if I had to say anyone's job is safe, it's probably Tevin Jenkins. But as far as the whole O-line is concerned, I'd say they need to have a whole – just an overhaul. I, I, last week on the fundamentals, I had a – I was very somber because we came off the – the Thursday night into a Friday day, into a Friday night, you know, for the show. So we came off two losses going into the fundamentals. So I was just really just stewing already. And so 
I basically expressed my displeasure in the O-line and the fact that I feel like they could have done better to protect them in a sense of this is something that could have been avoided if you believed that Justin was your guy. Because I feel that some of the stuff here is questionable to me because people are sitting there saying Justin Fields has the longest time of holding the ball in his hand, which means, yes, that's a very negative stat to have. But let's also realize what factors into that statistic. He has an offensive line that isn't blocking for him. One. Two, he has receivers and tight ends who we can't see this angle when we're watching this on television. But when they're down the field off screen, Mm -hmm. they're not open. And people are screaming at their screens, throw it, throw it. To who? <laughs> to who? Where? Who? Who? To who? So, so, and I implored that to the knuckleheads of Chicago, and I love the knuckleheads because I'm one of them. But the thing <laughs> is, you got to understand what that, that statistic doesn't sit there and say, oh, he's not reading the defense. He's not reading his reads. Oh, he's reading them. But when you read them, what is he? I, I'm not throwing to these guys if the guy's plastered on them. So at this point, I'm saying we need to get to a situation where A, the offensive line is in a situation where they can succeed. If that means retaking everybody and reevaluating, I feel like there is enough because what's already on the field is not adequate enough to be at least average. So there has to be more on the bench that could possibly supplement here. And one of the things I also said on the fundamentals last week was, I don't know if this coaching staff is confusing youth and athleticism as a better factor than experience because there are players on this team with experience and i'm going to use two guys as an example here offensive linemen riley reef and michael schofield i'm not saying these two guys are your world you know world beaters here but i am saying that these guys have been in the nfl for about over 10 years plus and both of them have a very good track record so to count the ways real quick michael schofield was is a former super bowl champion he was a starting right guard on the uh, Broncos Super Bowl team for Peyton Manning. I don't know if you guys know Peyton Manning's skills or are familiar with that guy, but he's not very mobile. So he had to help create a pocket consistently, and they won a Super Bowl that year. So he has ability to hold up inside of an interior line. Two, Riley Reef is a guy I also think that is confusing to me that you bring him in on a one-year $10 million deal that's a lot of money for one guy just to be on the bench and come out and help you on field goals. He has experience as a left tackle in the league and a right tackle, predominantly a left tackle in the league. So I'm looking at Braxton Jones right now and saying, they're, you're clearly out practicing him in practice, and I understand that, but there are certain things I feel like Riley would be more of adequate to take and actually be ready for than what Braxton would be. Because as of right now, he's learning trial by fire. But in reality, I, I would expect Braxton Jones to outpractice Riley uh, Reef. He's a younger guy. And, Bra- and Riley Reef has been in the year for how many years? Of course, he's going to lose a couple steps. So in practice, yes, I, I would, I would be- see where that would go. But that's where I go back to my statement of, are the confusing athleticism and youth as a better thing than experience than what you have. Because I feel like there is talent and experience here that you're not utilizing because you're trying to maximize talent that is the young guys and you're not really, if anything, you're kind of killing morale and like a little bit of these guys' confidence. Down the year overview, I feel like it can get fixed, 
but I always said this team, 500, a little bit below. I They're going to win some, lose some here at this point. I want to see this offense get back on a good note defensively. I think they're doing just fine. They, You might see some players go away like Robert Quinn because I feel like his name is – he might as well trade him. He doesn't want to be here, and the production is, speaks for itself. Last moment or two with Arturo Garza, a.k.a. DJ Turnbine from the Fundamental Sports Show on WVON Chicago. He's, he's hanging out with us on the Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you, hanging out with you. Uh, DJ, uh, you brought up the Bears, Davis. We had your own uh, just before the season uh, 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 got started and during the preseason. You talked to us about Jaquan Brisker and Kyle Gordon as well. I've, uh, I've I hate to say this phrase, but I feel like those two guys are starting to come on a bit. Both of them are rookies, obviously. They yes. still have some work to do, but uh, you can see them improving every week. Even though the Bears' run defense stinks, but uh, that secondary <laughs> looks like it's starting to come <laughs> together, especially with now veteran Eddie Jackson back in the mix. If anything, that is the strength of this defense right now. And the fact that you get Jalen Johnson back in the mix, it just makes it even stronger. Mm -hmm. uh, Kyler Gordon, you mentioned it uh, early on. They had to get on. Kyler was being bullied. He was being picked on. They knew he was the rookie, and they were going to him, and he had to learn trial by fire. The Green Bay game was really bad, but sometimes you got to get beat like that to understand that I don't want to get beat like that again. Mm -hmm. So, And he's come on good. He's been doing his thing. He's had to supplement, especially when uh, Jalen was out. And Jaquan, I'm, I'm liking it. I still want to see a little bit more from Jaquan, and I feel like he's still trying to get – Activate to game speed because sometimes the game comes to you a little bit faster than this. And the big story of the secondary and the biggest, I guess, the most feel good story so far of the year for the Chicago Bears, if there is a feel good story, is that Eddie Jackson is returning to prominence. All right. Uh, last question for me What's your final record for the Bears? <laughs> uh, I had them early on at eight and nine. And right now, that is. It's on course, but I don't know if that's going to be what I want. At this point, I'm going to go 8 and 9. Let's go 7 and 10. All right. That's where I had the Bears as well, uh, uh, 7 and 10 on the season. It should be interesting. Of course, they have the Patriots on Monday night on the road. And of course, uh, the week after that, they're at Dallas. Dallas usually gives up a game or two that they're not yeah. supposed to lose to. So that could be possible. Then the week after that, the first Sunday in November, they host Detroit. So that should be a, a win right there. Um, you got some winning games here. Yeah, you do. I know they played the Falcons and the Jets also, too, after Thanksgiving. So, And mm -hmm. then you have those four home games, I believe, after that hey, bye weekend. Uh, three home They're games not... at, uh, yeah, after December. So mm -hmm. uh, they could, as I said, Lakina knows this. I said this before the season started. The Bears are going to lose a couple of games. They're not supposed to lose. lose, And then they'll steal a couple of games. So it's kind of – this team is mm -hmm. basically in the middle. So I think – We'll start. We still. Uh, uh, we'll still see that as the season goes along. But I'm with you. That offense should uh, be much improved as the season goes along. If it, if it doesn't, and there's going to be some major problems going into yeah. the offseason. season. And I don't care how much salary cap space you have. Uh, uh, that offense got to be fixed on the field. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, that's DJ uh, Turbon, a.k.a. Arturo Garza. From, he's the co-host of the Fundamental Sports Show on WVN with our good friend, Mr. Titus T-Dub Williams. You can catch him tonight and every Friday night from 9 p.m. to 12 midnight on WVON Chicago. For those of you that live outside the Chicago area and those who live in, uh, in Chicago Lane area, Download that free iHeartRadio app. Just type in WVON Chicago. You can catch the Fundamentals uh, Sports Show right there. Arturo, what's on the show tonight for you guys? Tonight we're going over the Bulls, 
preview because the game's going to be going on uh, tonight with the Wizards, so we're going to break that down afterwards. So we're going to have a little post-game fun with that and also preview Monday Night Football as well as there's not much to talk about the Bears this week, obviously, but preview Monday Night Football. All right. All right. Astro, thank you so much uh, for joining us. And, uh, yeah, this will tell Tyus we say hi. And, he, and he owes us another uh, visit. Yes. <laughs> I'll get him on here. All right. Thanks. Thanks, DJ. Uh, have a good day and keep up the great work, okay? You guys as well. Thank you for having me on. Thanks. All right. Stay no safe, problem. DJ. All right. That was uh, DJ Turbine, a.k.a. Arturo Garza from the Fundamental Sports Show on WVON in Chicago. You can catch that show tonight and every Friday night from 9 p.m. to midnight on WVON. Make sure you download download that free iHeartRadio app. Type in WVON Chicago, and you know, you'll get the sports show, The Fundamentals. That's tonight and every Friday night starting at 9 p.m. on WVON Chicago. Lakina, we got to tile off, but we got to come back and finish strong because – we have our homegirl, Miss Christine, the Queen Manica. She's going to help us out with our Week 7 NFL picks, and we got to go over some breaking news in Major League Baseball uh, with her as well and also other subjects around sports and entertainment. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. you listen to the Friday edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports Old Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Welcome back to Second City Sports, hashtag Football Friday edition, the last segment of the show, last segment of the day, and the last segment of the week for us right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina's McGee on the IG. We got less than a half hour left of this extraordinary, extraordinary program we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. You have any questions or comments for us? You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Let's not waste any time, Lakina. Let's bring on our homegirl from KXRB in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, for our Week Seven NFL picks. Here comes our girl, Miss Christine, the Queen Manica. Hi, how's it going? Well, it was. Yeah, uh, you're doing How are you? Yes. Yeah, it was 40 degrees here. Now it's like in the 70s. It's going to be like that I for know, the next like, right? four or five days. I know. I'm sure it's like that where, where you're at, too, in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's going to be 80 here tomorrow. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an Indian summer. What are you going to do? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Indian summer. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah last, week, uh, yeah. last week, college football got drunk with a bunch of upsets. The NFL called pneumonia and Blah, just a whole bunch of upsets mm-hmm. to place on. Mm-hmm. So I'll let Lakina give out the bad news from last week. After that, we'll move on because last week was terrible for all of us. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, Christine, you and I did pretty well. We you know, we got eight wins, so uh, a little bit of uh, – got a couple That's of saving grace. Yeah, that'd be cool. But uh, but uh, unfortunately, uh, Sid, you only uh, had your worst uh, your worst showing so far. You only won five. <laughs> Sorry, Woo! Sid. That's the worst of all the time I've had. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah, that that's not yeah. But you know, look, I guess look, we're we're all allowed to have like bad weeks. So uh, that was not not a very good week uh, overall for you, Sid. But look, I mean, you know, bounce back this week. I'm sure uh, the overall standing. Who's in the lead? Week, well, you're still in the lead, but yeah, but we're right at your heels. So we both only a game back now because you okay. you didn't have a good week. So mm-hmm. we're coming at him, sit. We're coming at him, Christine. We're coming at him. Yeah. All right. So, uh, of course, important to know uh, this week seven: Bills, Rams, Vikings, and Eagles are all on bye. So adjust your fantasy teams accordingly in that front. Real quick though, what you think about that game last night, the Thursday night game? There was actually offense. You know, after yeah, they made all okay. Michael's happy. Yeah, right? <laughs> we love of to course. see that, right? Right, yeah. The Cardinals hold off the Saints uh, 42-34. You know, Yonder Hawkins made his presence known his first game back, had a couple of big catches, and also uh, played a little bit of a peacemaker between uh, Kyler Murray and head coach Cliff Kingsbury, but I think that was sort of like a bunch of frustration that kind of came out, so. You know what? What can you do? You take the wood if you're Arizona. If this is the first time them of them scoring forty points uh, in like four years, oh five years, I should say. So, you know, I guess you can, you'll take that if you're Arizona. Hopefully, this will be the sign of good things coming for them. Yep, we hope so. The Saints. It looks like they're going to go down for the second straight year because of injuries. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I got I got a kick about uh this one gif that I saw or one video about Andy Dolan's expression just after a play. Yes, yes, that and was making the rounds after that first that first pick six. 
That's great. That just expresses how we felt last year with him. So great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Two pick sixes for uh, poor Andy Dolan. Two pick sixes. Just, just brutal. But uh, look, it worked in Arizona's favor. So what can you say? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, kicking off uh, week seven, it got uh, – we're going to – you know, I don't know if this game is going to be available uh, here in Chicago, but you got a couple of old AFC North rivals uh, going at it, coming off of bad losses. You got the Browns and the Ravens. Sid, you start this one for us, please. Baltimore's favored by six and a half. The Browns are two and four. The ship is sinking and sinking fast. Baltimore looks like they're getting that season back on track. I expect that to continue. I know the Browns usually uh, give the Ravens a hard time, especially in Baltimore, but I think Lamar Jackson will have a lot to say about this one. So I'm going with Baltimore at home. I'm going to go Baltimore with this one too. Just because exactly Cleveland's just, it's not there this year. So Ravens for this one. Yeah, I I agree. I think the Ravens is going to be a get right game for the Ravens. I think, I don't know Deshaun Jackson, who they just signed. I don't know if he'll be able to play um, tomorrow, but you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Now, uh, interesting one here in the NFC, NFC South, I should say. Universe new game on Fox. You got the Bucks and the one and five Panthers. No Christian McCaffrey, too. I'll get a quick uh, synopsis of what you guys think about that trade. They basically, uh, 49ers, I guess they're, uh, I guess they're pulling what the Rams are doing. They said, you know, F them picks. So I think they, they, they uh, trade like, <laughs> like five picks to, to Carolina to get uh, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I, I- I think that just tells me that the 49ers want to go to the playoffs that, you know, this says that they're invested in this team this season and they trust Garoppolo too. You know, I don't think they would have done it unless they thought that they didn't have somewhat of a chance going to postseason. I wish Buffalo would have got McCaffrey, but that's a whole nother issue. But other than that, I agree with what Christine just said. Yeah. Now, as far as the game is concerned, the Bucks at the Panthers, of course, Tom Brady talking about I'm not retiring and this and that. And Todd Bowles had to defend himself at the report. I asked him about him and Coach Bruce, ex head coach Bruce Aarons, who was in the front office about discussing game plans and all that foolishness. But you would think that Tampa Bay would get back on track, even though they're going back on the road. You you would think they're 13 point favorites uh, on the road against Carolina. I'm going to pick Tampa Bay one more time, but if they have another performance like that, I think they season is going in the tank. I'm with you, Sid. I'm I'm going to stick with Tampa Bay, too. And look, what, what I mentioned last week, whatever is going on personally with Tom Brady right now, it's clearly affecting him. Whatever energy he, he's bringing, mm-hmm. it's probably affecting the teammates, too. And as a leader, as a veteran, you got to be able to put all your drama at the door and just play the game. And I mm-hmm. think right now this is something that Tom Brady has never really dealt with in public. So I think he's having a hard time trying to adjust to, again, whatever the situation is that he's going through, but yeah, Tampa, hopefully for this one. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, something's going on with Brady. It's, it, you got the, it's not physical, it's more mental. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm hoping they can kind of figure it out, but they should be able to figure it out this because it should be a get right, get right game for them. So I'm going to pick the bucks. So with all the problems, because if they lose, child, it's going to be a whole lot of uh, stuff happening down there in uh, in Tampa. We'll see what happens. Uh, Falcons and Bengals. I'll start this one. Uh, I don't know why. I feel like the Falcons are sort of kind of like going to give you a lot of teams. Fish. We saw what happened when they did against the 49ers last week. I know they're traveling to Cincy. It looks like Cincy is starting. But it's supposed to be pretty warm, too, in Cincy. So. <laughs> I, I, you know, I might hate myself for this. I might, you know, get called out here, but uh, I'm gonna pick uh, the Falcons because that's this gonna be my upset, uh, my upset pick uh, for this week. 
you're not wrong. I was kind of going back and forth on this one too. I'm like, gosh, do I want to pick Atlanta or do I want to go with the Bengals? And you know, with the, with the energy that the Bengals fans have when there is a home game, that can be intimidating for some players coming in. Um, Atlanta's been, they've been playing great ball. They're just not getting the results of what they've, what they've hoped for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. This is a toss up for me, but I'm going to go Bengals. Yeah. I'm going with Cincinnati too, because they're the home favorite. They're six and a half point favorites. Of course, as Akita mentioned, the Falcons picked up a upset victory at home against the 49ers last week. They are three and three. They're tied with the Bucks. For first place in the NFC South, you know Tampa Bay beat them once this year already. Who would have thunk that? But mm-hmm. uh, give Atlanta credit. They, they've hung around uh, around so far, but I think uh, it's going to come crashing down on them. Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, they better get it going to office for Cincinnati. Big win on the road for them last week at New Orleans, so I'm going Cincinnati at home. All right. Next up here, you got uh, the 1-4 Lions coming off a bye against the 44-2 and two Cowboys. It looks like Dak is on track to come back. Uh, Christine, you start this one for us, please. Uh, you know, Dallas, with or without Dak being in the lineup, lineup, I think they've looked like a really solid team. I think they've shown that even with a backup guy like Cooper Rush in there, that they can still have the ability to, to win games. And I know Detroit's really been working their butt off this season, putting up those high numbers and high-scoring games. But, but I just think, uh, gosh, again, this one was a toss-up for me, but I'm going to go Dallas. Too bad Dak Prescott was the same until next week when the Monsters on the Midway will play him, but that's yeah. a whole other story. Yeah. That's a whole other story. But if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, hopefully Dak doesn't get hurt. I think he's going to put up great numbers, as you mentioned, Christine. Detroit could put up the offensive numbers with the best number, but that defense stinks. And mm-hmm. I don't know if Dak Prescott is going to have a monster game, but he should have a good enough game. So I'm going with Dallas at home. Dallas is favored by six and a half. Yeah, I would take that six and a half. I think Detroit will keep it close because they're well rested, but I think uh, Dallas is going to pull away late. Yeah, even if Dak is, you know, shows a lot of rust, you know, coming back, he hasn't played in like five weeks. So I'm, I'm not too worried about the, the Cowboys here. Uh, the five and one Giants, whether or not you believe, you know, it's a mirage who we'll still have to wait and see, but uh, they go to Jacksonville to face a Jaguars team that uh, we just don't know what to think about them. Sid, you start this one for us. I know what I think about them. I think they're going to pull off the upset. And here's why. They're going to run the ball with James Robinson. Trevor Lawrence is going to play better. But their defense is going to have to step up. Daniel Jones, the quarterback for the Giants, he's having a good year. But he uh, he doesn't scare anybody besides him running the ball the other way. Saquon Barkley's good. They're going to have to focus on him. If they stop, stop him, I think the Jaguars will win the game. It's in Jacksonville, so the Giants got to deal with that heat. And... I think Jacksonville's going to pull out the upset. The Giants are three-point underdogs. Gee, I this is another one where I'm like, gosh, you know, could Jacksonville win this one? Could the Giants keep this unbelievable rally going? Um, I'm going to take the latter and say, yeah, I think they can. Frankly, I think being up in New York, you know, close to winter now i think they're gonna love being in the florida heat maybe they'll thrive off of it who knows mm-hmm. but i'm i'm gonna go with the giants for this yeah they were giving that game last week against baltimore uh, i'll yeah. tell you that right now yeah, I think the, yeah the ravens gave that game away so i uh, you know what 
I might hate myself for this, but yeah, I'm still not a believer in the Giants. Yeah, yes, they're five and one, but I'm still not a believer in them. Don't let me down, Trevor Lawrence, and the rest of that Jaguars uh, <laughs> offense. Uh, yeah, should be interesting one though, nonetheless. It might be an ugly one too. We'll have to wait and see. That's a noon game on Fox. AFC South uh, next game. You got the Colts. And the Titans, you know, the Titans are coming off a bye. It's yeah. Very, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the Colts are, you know, they just got that big win. Win. So this might be one of those ugly games. Again, you got to, you know, slow down Derrick Henry. That's going to be a tough task for them. I, I'll, I guess because they're at home, I'll pick Tennessee. I'm not really like have really real reason, just because, you know, just really mainly because they're at home. That's the only reason why I'm picking them. <laughs> As usual, Lakina steals the. the- uh, counter points in my brain. I'm going with the Titans too. The Titans are two and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tennessee for this one. I, I just, with the Colts this year, I, I don't see the fire from last season. You know, I, I don't see that energy. I don't see that monster defense or anything really impressive offensive wise either. So, yeah, it, it's just another – it's a lackluster season compared to last year for the Colts, so I'm I'm sticking with Tennessee. Oh, boy. Should be interesting. Yeah, but that's, that should be a, a fun one there. But should be an intriguing one here. You got the 3-3 Packers against the 2-4 Commanders. Sid, you start this one. Green Bay is a four-and-a-half-point favorite in our nation's capital. I know Carson Wentz, uh, Christine's guy, he's hurt. And he's oh, out yeah, for the definitely my guy, all right. <laughs> <Yeah. First choice. laughs> he's out for the foreseeable future after entering his thumb in Chicago last week. Uh, I think Taylor Heineke, who was that quarterback uh, when they went to the playoffs two years ago, he'll he'll get the start. I think the commanders will play a whole lot better, but I don't think it's gonna be enough. Aaron Rodgers, uh, wherever you may think of him, they had a bad loss last week, a bad offensive showing mm-hmm. against the Jets at home. I don't see them put uh, putting up another gap for two weeks in a row, row, even though Green Bay is going on the road. So I'm going with the Packers. It may be surprisingly close, but I'm going with the Packers. Yeah, yeah, I'm picking the Packers too. I, I feel like you know, th- again, this could get ugly real quick. Um, but I, I mm-hmm. think you know they're starting to kind of get it going there, Aaron Rodgers and his receivers. So. They should be able to get together. Again, this could be like a 9-6, 12-9 type of thing. So uh, I'm picking the Packers. I don't know. Again, I don't know why somebody's going to win this game, I guess. Look, am I surprised that Carson Wentz is injured? No, because he's injured every other season, it feels like. So <laughs> it does. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. So when I saw that he was out for probably the remainder of the season. Like, why is this not surprising to me right now? Like, why am I like, oh, no, really? Look, that game with the Bears last week was just absolute trash. It was garbage. I don't think putting in a new quarterback is going to change that situation. Um, That's why I'm hoping the Packers can get their you-know-what together and win this game because that, I mean – the fact that they lost against the Jets like that, come on, Aaron Rodgers, do better. That's yeah. what I do. They do better. R E L A X. Oh, Lord, not that. Yeah, I don't think anybody, no. I'll think Packers fans don't want to hear that right now. Now, speaking of the Jets, they, they got to go to Mile to the Mile High City, the first of three o'clock games. If they face the Broncos, Christine, you start this one for us, please. For once, I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's going to mess it up for the Broncos. I think they can actually kind of pull their stuff together and get the win at home, especially. 
Um, it's one of the harder stadiums to play at, so that's their advantage. Um, so I'm I'm going with Denver. I want to pick the Jets, Lakina, but I think they're going to be too much full of themselves. This is still a young team, a good team, but a young team. Their defense is good, but offensively, I don't know if they're going to compete with Denver. They're going back on the road again. This line is even right now, so basically it's at a pick them. But just because they're home, hopefully Russell Wilson uh, turns it around because de- you're talking about a, a team that looked putrid on Monday. That was that was the Denver Broncos at the San Diego chart. Sorry. Yeah. Los Angeles Chargers at San Diego. <laughs> but back at home, Denver should win a close one. Lakina, this could be a game you're looking at that you'll be proud of because of a 13 to 10 score. <laughs> that, Matt, that probably might be the final score. And I think the Broncos. Yeah. Are yeah. Just, well, not just the fact that, you know, you know, they're a young team, but yeah, you're going, you know, high altitude, you know, how, how some guys are going to, you know, play in that or, or their bodies are going to adjust to that. So they might not used to playing high altitude so that could be another factor here so i'm picking the broncos made a clean sweep now another uh cbs game you know single header uh game but i think you know this will not these games will not be in chicago uh texans and the one and four raiders coming off of a bye i i'm hoping that the raiders can figure it out they took that bye to kind of figure things out uh i don't think Devonte adams is going to be suspended this is uh, they're going to be at home this is going to be a get right game Houston, I don't know what to think of Houston, uh, but it'll be a close one. It'll be a ugly one, but I think the Raiders will pull away and they win this one. Yeah, I think – oh, sorry, Sid, you can go ahead. Yeah, I got the Raiders in this one. The Raiders are favored by seven points at, uh, as a home favorite. And no, Lakina, will, we will not get that game here in Chicago on CBS. We'll get that Detroit-Dallas game because uh, that's regional action for CBS this week. Fox has a doubleheader this week. Christine, I'm going to go with the Raiders, too. It's unfortunate what happened to Devontae Adams. I can't remember if we talked about this last week or not, but there was um, there was a fan at the Kansas City game with a sign that says, I miss uh, I miss you, Devontae Adams. And he was wearing his Packers jersey and they got it on video of Devontae looking at that fan with the sign and just gave him like the yeah i miss you too like type of a mm-hmm. you know, like a little fan connection type thing so to see that happen after the game it, it's kind of it, it's a bummer i it that guy the the camera guy <clears throat> was just at the wrong place at the wrong time at that moment um and he, you know he just happened to feel Devonte's heat i i don't think it was intentional of Devonte, you know, harming him. I I think it was just a knee jerk reaction after a frustrating game like that. Um, so let let's hope that eventually, you know, he can address the situation and and explain more about it. But for this week, yeah, Raiders. All right. Uh, okay. Three twenty five. Of course, it says that the Fox had the doubleheader. Some people will get this game. We won't get like this game here in Chicago, but it should be a fun one. Nonetheless, you got the Seahawks and the Chargers. Uh, this should be an interesting game. I know that the Chargers are still a little bit banged up, but I think the Chargers will do just enough to win this game. I think Seattle, yeah, the defense is a little bit better. Kenneth Walker Jr., they're going to have to try to slow, slow him down, but I think the Chargers will, ju- will do just enough to win this game, I feel like. Yeah, that game will be live via my TV, NFL Red Zone, and via this computer screen. <laughs> so the Chargers are favored by five points. <clears throat> Dustin, Dustin Hopkins, 
Uh, the charge, the Chargers kicker scored all their points last week with four field goals. San Diego will get into the end zone at least twice. Seattle, a nice surprise start to the year. They're three and three, but I think the Chargers will squeak out a, a win at home. So I'm going with the Chargers. I'm going with the Chargers too, just because. Seattle so far has surprised a lot of people, but I, I think the Chargers should pull out some some good numbers at this game. So I'm going to stick with them. Now, this will be the Fox game that will be shown here in Chicago. You got the Chiefs and the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers, of course, Christian McCaffrey will not will probably he probably will be will play, but will probably be more on third down and stuff like that. Chiefs, you know, coming off of that loss to Buffalo, they're traveling cross country. If this, this was, if this was an arrowhead, I probably would pick the Chiefs, but since they're on the road, um, I think Jimmy G, the, the, I think Christian McCaffrey will get the, that, give them the, that special umph on their offense. Of course, you know, look, Kyle Shannon used to babysit for him, you know, back in the day, him and his uh, four brothers. So, you know, that should, if that should help a little bit there. Uh, but yeah, the defense for uh, 49ers are starting to get their guys back. Trent Wood is supposed to play as well. Looks like he's going to be cleared to play. So I'm picking the 49ers. I mean, upset. I might, I might, like, I might regret it later. But I'm picking the 49ers. Christine, I, I think I'm gonna stick with Kansas City. I, I just because that game with Buffalo was such a big game for them last week, um, and I, I think they want to bring that momentum back. And I think this is a week for a win with them. I, it's a toss up just because now the 49ers are really stacked like they're a pretty solid team at the moment but what you said I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to be in the entire game um but I definitely think he will be in there for for those critical situations um but I'm 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 taking KC on the road here something's not right with Kansas City Buffalo beat them you know it was it was during the last couple of minutes of the game uh the 49ers looks like they're starting to turn the quarter so I'm going with the 49ers to, uh, to go to four and three on the year and Kansas City is a two-point favorite on the road. So basically it's a pick so uh, it should be a fun one. Just about, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, could be a good one here on Sunday night. You got the Steelers and the Dolphins. Uh, so you start this one. Uh, the Dolphins are favored by a touchdown, seven points. Uh, the Steelers, I know uh, their quarterback, uh, Mr. Kenny Pickett, was cleared of concussion protocol. I know Tua Tungvalova is supposed to return on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just because they're at home, I'm going with the Dolphins. This is a tough one just because you are getting Tua again and you you don't know, look, two concussions like that back-to-back, whether you're cleared or not, you don't know how what headspace you're in. You don't know how your body's going to react to being on the field. And more importantly, you want to do everything in your team to make sure the poor guy doesn't get hit after right. going through something like that. Um, then again, for Pittsburgh – it's kind of been a toss-up year. First, you you got Mitchell Trubisky, who's starting for them. Then the next week, you got Kyle Pickett. He gets injured. Mitch comes in and gets the win. So what do you do for your quarterback? You got a guy who can win you games, but whenever he starts, something doesn't seem to click right away. Then you got this great first-round pick. You got this great quarterback standing by waiting to play. But then he gets injured, and this other guy who was – it's just a very <laughs> situation, I think, 
for Pittsburgh fans and even for more so for Tomlin because it's like, gee, what do I do? I seem to have good quarterbacks here, but something's just isn't connecting. Um, and and like you said, said because it's home, I'm I'm just gonna go with Miami, and hopefully the the line can do whatever they can to make sure Tua doesn't get hit too hard. Yeah, I know uh, Trey Kilpatrick is going to be, you know, gunning for uh, Tua, so that that'll be uh, something to look out for on Sunday night. But yeah, I'm picking the Dolphins just because they're at home. I, 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 you know, the Steelers, I'm, I'm sure that they'll fight. You know, they'll, they'll show that fight like we usually see from these uh, Steelers teams with Mike Tomlin. But I just don't think that the talent isn't there for them at the moment. So I, I think you know Tua is going to want to kind of you know, get things going again after that scary hit that he suffered a couple of weeks back. So I'm picking the Steelers here. Now, last but not least, just so happens that we got the Bears and the Patriots on Monday night. Yeah. This will be you watch that game locally on Chicago on WGN. Yes, it will. And uh, also, too, Manning cast this week on ESPN, too. So, yeah, the Manning yeah, cast is back for okay. Hear this. Yeah, that should be interesting. Uh, well, I'm not going to go into a whole long soliloquy as, like, you know, Bill Belichick did, you know, talking about all the praise in the Bears. Like, you know, he's he set up as always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, yeah. Go back. It's it's very long, <laughs> but you have to listen to it. What he's saying? Because there's nothing in my opinion opinion to praise them about at the moment. Well, he look, he love uh, Raekwon as they, as he calls him, not Roquan. He called him Raekwon Smith. He's talking about uh, David Montgomery. <laughs> <Wu-Tay> Clan. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I think he was thinking about Wu Tang Clan. Uh, he talked about Justin Fields, of course. You know, uh, David Montgomery, Mooney. You know. Jalen Johnson and oh yeah, he went to this whole like you know Robert Quinn. He talked about this whole soliloquy about you know how does he I want guess, to coach the Bears? Is that his his pitch for yeah. wanting to coach the Bears? It's still, look, it's, still <laughs> with, it's, it's look, it's killing them with kindness. That's what he does. All these teams, yeah. especially the ones that he knows are not very good. He just tries to praise them like you know, hey, this might be a pretty good team and blah blah blah. So I'm gonna say for me. Uh, look, you know, their run defense, you know, the Bears run defense is not very good. And if I were uh, the Patriots, I would expose that. You got Damian Harris, you got Ramondre Stevenson, try to, you know, let them sort of take the uh, the handle. You know, I don't know. We don't know if Matt, Mac Jones is going to play or not, but I would say just, just get the ball to Harris and Stevenson, just go to town. Uh, the Patriots will, will will win this, and uh, I I'm sh- I'm hoping that Troy doesn't have to swear. Is on the verge of swearing a couple of times, uh, as he did in the last couple of years. We have to. Uh, uh, call Bears games, but uh, I I pick the Patriots. Uh, I'll just say like twenty one to like you know twelve or something. Sure the Bears will keep it close. I don't I don't know what's worse, watching the Bears about to lose or hearing Joe Buck just totally trash this team again. <laughs> like <laughs> both of them sound pretty bad to me, but I look, I can go on and on about what a fire pit that game was with the commanders but it, like i mentioned the last time when we talked about a bad loss for them it's not going to change anything you know there's still clearly a disconnect happening with fields on the field there's something going on with the defense that isn't connecting besides the fact that they look puny as heck i mean <laughs> if you want someone if you want a defender you need someone that's got you know a little bit of meat on their bones these look like you know running backs you know i that's that's what i think about it and like what they said last week Fields is acting more like a running back than he is a quarterback. You see all these quarterbacks, when they do run the ball and leave the pocket, they slide. They don't put their head or, you know, uh, shoulder first. They slide to protect themselves. And Fields isn't doing that. So I don't know if he's 
trying to injure himself or he just doesn't know what to do and he panics. Um, it's also important to know, too, he is one of those quarterbacks that spends the most time in the pocket. And there's only a handful of guys that can spend an ample amount of time in the pocket. Fields is not one of them. He, he just isn't. And uh, look, he needs, I, I'm not having my doubts with Fields. I'm not. I know it's not all him. I know it's just the the team all around, but I just don't think he's, what he's doing isn't making that situation any better. At this point, if you watch the last couple of games, if you watch that game film, you know who he's going to throw it to right away because it's consistency and that's bad. You got to be able to use everybody on that field and not just stick to Mooney, not just stick to, you know, Montgomery, whoever the normal people are. You got to give everybody that chance to say, oh, what are they going to do next? Oh, we know what they're going to do. They're going to go after Mooney. Let's just go and cover him. So it, there's got to be more diversity. And like you said, Lakina, Belichick is going to expose all that. He's going to expose all their weaknesses. He's been in the game long enough to do that. Um, New England. <laughs> in my long spiel, New so England. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the Patriots. They are seven and a half point favorites. I think the Bears can possibly surprisingly keep it close, but New England's going to win. Yeah. All right. I agree. And those are your picks for the NFL on week seven. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, and KXRB's Christine Manica to wrap things up here now. A couple of managerial news to tell you guys about. Uh, John Schneider has officially been named the manager for the Toronto Blue Jays. He has signed a three-year deal, and Bruce Bochy is uh, back at the helm uh, man uh, managerial side. He got He'll be uh, managing the Rangers. You know, the uh, Rangers made that official uh, earlier uh, this morning. And uh, apparently there's some news you know, on the White Sox front. Apparently, I guess, uh, this is according to various uh, folks on ESPN uh, uh, Chicago, apparently uh, Ozzie Gein has been interviewed for the, uh, the White Sox staff. What do, you guys think? what do you guys think? I'm all for it. Look, I said bring back Ozzy when La Russa. Don't give me that look, you guys. Look, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you've noticed lately on the White Sox, they're a pretty diverse team. And if anybody's going to relate to them, it's going to be Ozzy, I think. And he's still young-ish. Now, like, you know, in his 70s, like La Russa, but Ozzy has been around long enough to know that the game is changing. He goes on with uh, with Chuck and does his analysis. He's with it with today's game. Tony wasn't. So I think they need to find a way to get the White Sox back to the present day of baseball. And I, I, I think Ozzy's got it. I think he's got that passion. He wasn't a bad coach. You know, he, he did he say stupid things? Yeah, but that doesn't make make him a bad coach. And I just I think he's gonna relate to the guys. So I'm I'm for it. Like bring back Ozzy. Here's the thing. I know he hasn't managed over a decade. I know he hasn't managed over a decade. No, he's not as old as Larusa, but uh the White Sox pretty much let him do what he wanted. Yes, I'm just like everybody else. I'm thankful for the 2005 World Championship, but the game is totally different now. Yes, he knows that club better than anybody because he he does the games on TV as far as uh, analyst work is concerned. But uh, I just hope for the White Sox that we know how they step on their own two feet over there. And that's in, in many aspects of it. But I just hope this wasn't a quote-unquote courtesy interview. 
If you're serious about him, just give him the damn job. But I don't know that they're going to do that. Yeah, I feel like this is a when I when I saw that I was like, really okay. After everything that happened during that tail end of the first tenure, the first time they're gonna go through this again. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, look, you know, the 05, it was great, but you know, there were some things that happened. You know, we all we all remember what happened behind the scenes, especially those last yeah. couple of years he was there. So I think this was more of a courtesy interview, just to sort of like, because you know, because you know, he'd been lobbying for like for the last month, like, hey, you know, well, interview me, because you know, Joe Joe Espada. Uh, uh yeah. is is the betting favorite, uh the bench coach for uh the Astros. He's the betting favorite, of course. Now he's getting some other calls from me uh from Miami, I believe. He's another uh he's a favorite there as well. Yeah. So you got look, he's only 47, so he is under 70, Christine. And well, uh, you no, know, I, I talked about him last week. I I'm for Joe as uh, however you say is I'm gonna figure it out at one point. I'm for I'm for that too. Either way, I'd be happy with whether they go with Ozzy or Joe. Should we here's a, go, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, like I said, Ozzy, well, well, they let him be himself. Well, well Rick Hahn and, and Kenny Williams, who they, he, he really had beef with them when that's one of the reasons why Ozzy was out of here. But will they let Ozzy be himself this go around? That's the question that they give him this oh, job. Yeah. Will they let yeah. him do what, what Ozzy wants to do? And will he uh, will he have a, 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 a equal say to Rick Hahn, the GM of what kind of players that he wants for his team. That's the question. It, it just uh, hypothetically yeah. gets his job. Yeah, how much of a say he's going to have for the uh, to exactly the personnel. that that's going to be because that's one of the reasons why he left here because he didn't have yeah. as much say as he did in the beginning. That's going to be the number one question. A couple of quick uh, sports media notes. Uh, Shaq will be having a new uh, documentary, a four part documentary series uh, kind of from HBO will be directed by Robert Alexander. It will detail uh, Shaq's life uh, through some of you know, his upbringing, becoming a predominant force in the league, you know, winning NBA championship chips and such and changing the game. You know, the, the center position forever. He'll have interviews. They'll have interviews with several of your know, figures, you know, Penny Hardaway, D Wade, to the Scott, uh, of course, Phil Jackson, um, Jerry West, of course, also Shaq's family, his mother, Lucille, Dr. Lucille O'Neill, his siblings, and also, too, of course, his kids. You, I think three of them are playing basketball now. Uh, two of them are as alma mater in LSU. So this should, it should be a fun uh, docuseries. The four-part will uh, premiere the Wednesday before Thanksgiving at Wednesday at 9 uh, Eastern time on HBO and also will be streaming on HBO Max. Yep, can't wait for that. If it's anything like that, Orlando Magic 30 for 30, this should be interesting. Yeah. Should be, yeah. I mean, I I look, I think this is going to be, how much is going to go in depth with the Kobe? Uh, I'm sure we'll probably be, uh, I'm sure there'll be interviews with his, uh, uh, his uh, widow, uh, Vanessa. I'm sure, mm-hmm. so I'm sure there are going to be some uh, clips there. Also, too, uh, Jay Wright, former Villanova head coach, will be part of the CBS Turner uh, basketball team. He'll be part of the uh, studio coverage for the uh, Final Four. Uh, starting this season, and I'll also be uh, calling some uh, regular season games for uh, CBS. So, uh, yeah, a new chapter. So, yeah, I, I like, like I said, I like this move. Of course, look, he's got a couple of these national championships. So, of course, it's only fair that he'd be doing uh, the final four. Also, he should be, he should, he should be a uh, great uh, doing a uh, game analyst. So, this should be, he should be great. Well, him and Bear Raptor have a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh yeah, I want look, I want maybe those, onions. <laughs> I want those two to uh, to call a game together. That that should be a oh, a fun one. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about real quick before we uh, disperse here? Yeah, I want to ask Christine, even though it was, we are one game into the new 2022-23 season, what did you think about the Bulls' opening night victory at Miami a couple of days ago? 
I think it shot down any worries that that uh, Bulls fans had. That's for sure. If anybody questions, you know, Billy Donovan and what he's doing with this team, that's the game right there that speaks for itself. They just beat the team that went all the way less, not all the way, but you, you know what I mean? That, that mm-hmm. went, that went for it. And if that doesn't speak volumes to you, I, I don't know what does. So I, I, as a Bulls fan, you should be very impressed by that win. Right. And they did it without Zach Levine. Now right. to the baseball playoffs, uh, the NLCS resumes tonight. Game three, of course, uh, it's a two, three, two format. So the next three games or this weekend in Philadelphia, the Padres and the Phillies, that series is tied in one. Who has the advantage? Who wins that series, in your opinion? Phillies? <laughs> Just as a guess, Phillies. Okay. And then, of course, in the ALCS, Houston has uh, taken advantage of their home field advantage. They won last night, so they're up 2-0 in the ALCS. That series resumes tomorrow. The next three games are in Gotham City, a.k.a. Uh, the Bronx, New York. Will the Yankees get back in the series, or will Houston will will Houston make quick um quick sushi of them of the of the Bronx Bombers? Quick work. Yeah, quick work. Yeah, I'm I'm going with New York here. You you gotta. Yeah, they okay. they've looked great all season and still bit bitter over Houston a little bit. Just dead. <laughs> after last season, after last season, no way. Yeah, I think if you're, uh, well, I think if you're, if you're Fox, you basically don't care at this point because the Dodgers lost, or the Braves lost. You still got the Yankees, of course, but the Mets are gone. So as long as the Yankees are, you know, are in there, I think you'll be okay. But if it's a, I Houston, think they pull for Yankees Phillies because there's two still strong two East cities. Coast cities. Yeah, two big, no. uh, big cities. Well, yeah, yeah, I think also two. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting though, to see. But yeah, we'll see what happens uh, by the end of next week. Uh, by the end of the next week when we come back here. Uh, the World Series uh, will be set now. We are just to see uh, the combination of it. So also, uh, Bushyambi has been that will be named the new radio voice for the World Series. So uh, congrats to him. Of course, does mm-hmm. great work with the Cubs on Marquee and also to uh, this uh, college who's on ESPN. But with that said, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scar McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Christina, where can the lovely people follow you? They can follow me at cmanica underscore KXRB on Twitter. All right. And, of course, you know, check us out on War Media. Catch the audio version uh, through uh, Anchor, uh, Google Play, uh, Spotify, all the other, uh, wherever you get your podcasts and such, you can check out the audio mm-hmm. version. And, of course, you can uh, check us out video on Roku TV, of course, you know, if you have a smart, whatever smart device, you know, whether it's a smart speaker, a smart uh, TV, smart, uh, you know, smartphone, whatever you got, Chromebook, whatever you have on hand, you can check us out on Roku TV. Just to type in a search of the box, Sports on Chicago, and all our shows are right there. Uh, the Smoke Fellows, What's Up Cuz, of course, Sean and Maya as well. But, you know, I know we got a couple of shows that are going to be coming down the pike here after the new year. So uh, we're expanding, we're going. So check us out on us, uh, Roku TV. Yes, and we'd like to thank DJ. Turbine, a.k.a. Arturo Garza from WVON Chicago's sports show, The Fundamentals. You can catch that show with our with our, another good friend of the show, Mr. Titus T.W. Williams. That's tonight and every Friday night from 9 p.m. to midnight on WVON Chicago. Download that, download that free iHeartRadio app and type in WVON Chicago. Those of you outside of Chicago areas to catch the show. And also, we'd like to thank, as lovely as always, the lovely Christine, the Queen Manica.
Oh boy, thank you. <laughs> I know there's a little Indian summer going on in a lot of the country, so uh, don't act stupid, folks. You know, you just you know dress accordingly. <laughs> Enjoy all the sports, everybody. Gonna... Pops. <laughs> Exactly. Well, yeah, no flip. Well, yeah, oh, no, that's a whole different uh, thing. <laughs> All right. You know, but uh, look, if you're not getting vaccinated, wash your hands and be good to each other. Be safe out there and go vote. You know, I'm going to be preface at the next few weeks. Go vote. Uh, for Christine and Sid, I'm like Candace with Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you guys next week. Doubles. Holla. <laughs>